Hello. Hi, babe. Hi, baby. Hello, Emily. Hi. We, we have ha- a little, a tiny guest tonight. <laughs> we know that uh, our podcast, a guy, a bride, and a Bible. Uh, we have a bunch of daughters, and we do believe in including them in our time of the word if they so want to. And Emily asked if she could, not because we're recording, but because we're reading. You've actually done it the last few nights with us, which has yeah. been really cool. Yeah. She asks some awesome questions. It's fun. And we're very proud of you that you want to do this. And I get to see you guys in action, so. That's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of action. I have a puppy on my lap. We're sitting on the couch. The other dog's asleep. It's good. So, hi, everybody. I'm Mark. I'm a guy. Andrea is the bride. And what's your name? Emily. Emily's the kid. Yeah. She's the bonus part. And uh, thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. And we are a member of the Bar Podcast Network. <laughs> I got to say that somehow really That's nice. That's pretty cool. I love it. I love that we are. <clears throat> I guess we got to start like working on merch or something. I know? think so. We're, this was just our incredibly very little humble podcast, and we know that, but we pray that God really does use it to inspire couples to read together, maybe entire families even, to take the time to read the Bible together out loud and not worry about, but it's so hard to, and I don't understand this. And hey, if I can do it, you can do it. You are smarter than the average bear. Come on now. I'm just saying that I struggled to read the Bible regularly for a long time. And we've, we really love this. We really and, do love and this. And when we slack off and we don't do it, we feel it. Yeah. Like, hasn't this week gone better? I think so. I was actually very prepared for a meeting today I had because we just read the word. Yep. And the actual context of um, what our, pod, our, our last recording was, it was Sarah, Sodom, and so what? And that actually came up today in our meeting. Mm-hmm. It was very relevant in the meeting I had today. So I was really excited about that. Yep. Just how love that God just plants those seeds of truth in us from his word. So we're going to get to that today as well. And uh, just to warn you all, and the, our, our two readers, um, oh, readers, two listeners, maybe three. Uh, we're going to start in Genesis 24 tonight. We'll go through the whole thing. We're going to jump into Matthew 16 through 17, 27. And wrap it up with a chaser of Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 8 through 11. Pretty simple. Just a long start and a short finish. Okay. All right. Let's pray it up. Heavenly Father, we are grateful to be in your word tonight and ask that you would uh, open our eyes and our hearts to the truth of your word. May it go deep within us and may it plant seeds in fertile soil of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so, little story here. Isaac and Rebecca. Do you remember Rebecca? Mm-hmm. And me? And you? <laughs> Do you remember this? <laughs> Do you remember this? Yes. Oh, okay. <coughs> so maybe we'll get to that at some point in the story. There's, there's a story of our meeting that Rebecca was part of. This Rebecca. Right? You're sitting here with a smile on your face. You don't want to say anything about it. Um, what? It's good. It's good. It's good. Okay. okay. Patreon episode, maybe? Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, so start reading it here. Isaac and Rebecca, chapter 24, Genesis. Oh, for those uh, tuning in, faithlife.com. I'm reading the Lexham Study Bible with uh, commentary notes. And my bride here is reading the Ryrie Study Bible of the NASB variety. And Emily, what you reading? I'm reading the NIRV. Oh, the N-I-V new... NIV or NRV? NIRV. New... The new... What, I don't even know what you're reading. N-I-R-V. Yeah. New inter- International Reader's Version. Oh. Wow. Major gave it to me. Okay. Oh, so it is... People who are just starting to read can understand... Um. So it is easier to read and understand. Yeah. Nice. I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. It was you. You never. Daughter know. number so. four passed on to daughter <clears throat> number five. Yeah. That's nice. awesome. Hello, AJ. Hope you're here someday. Okay. All right. Here we go. Now Abraham was old, advanced in age. That's redundant. You know. Do you have to say it twice? Not like he forgot that fast. <laughs> okay. Uh, Abraham's old, advanced in age, and Yahweh had blessed Abraham in everything. And Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his house, who had charge of all he had, Please put your hand under my thigh, that I may make you swear by Yahweh, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose midst I am dwelling, but that you will go to my land and to my family and take a wife for my son, for Isaac. I don't get the thigh thing. Um, Ryrie talks about it. That is, before we mention Ryrie, I just want to say, that's nuts. The thigh. Dude, put your hand under my thigh and make an oath. Why not just the handshake? Yeah, I don't think Ryrie makes it a, a great case for what it. What does it say? It says it was a euphemism for the procreative organ. Well, this act either symbolized that the yet unborn children would avenge any violation of the oath or solemnize the oath in the name of God who gave circumcision as the sign of his covenant. Okay, that's... It must just... It was a tradition. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, also, why do... Handshake. Um, why does Abraham want uh, him to get somebody from his family to marry his son? Okay, well, it's more that he wants to keep him from marrying a Canaanite person. And Canaanites are bad? Yes. Okay, or like not. And they'll actually become really bad later on. The the daughters of the Canaanites did not know the true God and therefore would not be suitable for Isaac. Okay. And Abraham was 140 years old. Yes, he was. And so he wanted this guy to go back to where Abraham came from. So it would be a distant relative, second okay. cousin maybe, or something like that. And that's where, it, okay, so this is my family. This is in my line. They know what we know. That sort and of it thing. wasn't that they, it wasn't just that the Canaanites like looked different or they had like a different skin color. Yeah, no. It was that they didn't They worship God. false gods. That, I think that's super important to think about because like we would never have a problem with you marrying somebody that looked different. Yeah, it it depends on how like their character. And well, not they, just their character, but their faith. Yeah. In Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just kind of confused. Like, <clears throat> yeah. does, doesn't seem right that they're marrying a relative. Okay. Okay, that's also in Arkansas. That's okay. <sighs> See, we just well, lost 
a listener in Arkansas for sure. Oh, I'm sorry, Arkansas. And that's not true. I hey, know. we love Alabama. I know, love Alabama. And, and what you gonna say about Alabama? I'm saying we we could listen <laughs> to the the gossip and the the bias that people have against Alabama, like but you used to have. Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. My, right. my people are from the South. All my right. people are from All the right. South. All right. Uh, let's go to verse 5. And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I then return your son to the land from where he came? It was more than 500 miles. The long walk. Wow. I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more Just to be the man who walked a thousand miles to fall down at your door I think that's where it came from? Probably not. Oh. I'm just saying. The proclaimers. The proclaimers. Aye. Let's read about Abraham. Abraham said to him, You must take care that you don't return my son there. Yahweh, the God of heaven, who took me from the house of my father and from the land of my family and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying to your offspring, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you and you will take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you shall be released from this oath of mine. Only you must not return my son there. Then the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master, Abraham, and he swore to him concerning this matter. The thigh swear. And the servant took ten camels from his master's camels and went with all kinds of his master's good things. And he arose and went to Aram Naharam, to the city of Nahor. And he made the camels kneel beside the city at the well of the water at the time of the evening, Toward the time the women went out to draw the water. So he traveled 500 miles in a verse with okay. 10 camels. That's pretty fast. Uh, and he said, Oh, Yahweh, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show loyal love to my master Abraham, Hesed. Behold, I am standing by the spring of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are going out to draw water. Let it be that the girl to whom I shall say, please offer your jar that I may drink, and who says, drink, and I will also water your camels. She is the one you've chosen for your servant, for Isaac. By her I will know that you have shown loyal love to my master. And it happened that before he had finished speaking, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, the brother of Abraham, came out, and her jar was on her shoulder. Now the girl was very pleasing in appearance. She was a hottie. She was a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her. And he said, please let me drink a little from the the water of your jar. And she said, drink, my lord. And she quickly lowered her jar in her hand and gave him a drink. When she finished giving him a drink, she said, I'll also draw water for your camels until they finish drinking. And she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well to draw water. And she drew water for all his camels. And the man was gazing at her silently to know if Yahweh had made his journey successful or not. And it happened that as the camels finished drinking, the man took a gold ring of half a shekel in weight and two bracelets for her arms, ten shekels in weight. And he said, please, please tell me whose daughter are you? 
Is there a place at the house of your father for us to spend the night? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, and for whom she bore to Nahor. And she, then she said to him, We have both straw and fodder in abundance, as well as a place to spend the night. And the man knelt down and worshipped Yahweh. And he said, Blessed be Yahweh, the God of my master Abraham, who has not withheld his loyal love and his faithfulness from my master. I was on the way, and Yahweh led me to the house of my master's brother. And the girl ran and reported these things to the household of her mother. <coughs> now Rebecca had a brother, and his name was Laban. And Laban ran out to the man toward the spring, and when he saw the ring and the bracelets on the arms of his sister, and heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, who said, Thus the man spoke to me. He went to the man, and behold, he was standing with the camels at the spring, and he said, Come, O blessed one of Yahweh, why do you stand outside? Now I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. And the man came to the house and unloaded the camels. He gave straw and fodder to the camels and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. And the food was placed before him to eat. And he said, I will not eat until I have told my errand. And he said, Speak. And he said, I am the servant of Abraham. Now Yahweh has blessed my master exceedingly, and he has become great. He has given to him sheep, cattle, silver, gold, male slaves, female slaves, and camels and donkeys. And Sarah, the wife of my master, has borne a son to my master for after her old age. And he has given to him all that he has. And my masters made me swear, saying, Do not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, to whose land I am living. But you shall go to the house of my father and to my family, and you shall take a wife for my son. And I said to my master, Perhaps woman will not follow me. And he said to me, Yahweh, before whom I have walked, will send his angel with you, and you will make your journey successful. And you shall take a wife for my son and from my family and from the house of my father. Then you shall be released from my oath when you come to my family. And if they will not give a woman to you, then you will be released from my oath. Then today I came to the spring and I said, O Yahweh, God of my master Abraham, if you would please make my journey successful upon which I am going. Behold, I am standing by the spring of water. Let it be that the young woman who comes out to draw the water and to whom I say, please give me a little water to drink from your jar. Let her say to me, drink, and I will also draw water from your camels. She is the woman whom Yahweh has appointed for the son of my master. I had not yet finished speaking to myself when, behold, Rebekah was coming out with her jar on her shoulder. And she went down to the spring and drew water. And I said to her, Please give me a drink. And she hastened to let down her jar from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will give your camels to drink also. Then I drank, and she gave a drink to the camels. Then I said to her, Whose daughter are you? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, son of Nahor whom Milcah bore to him, and I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her arms. And I knelt down and I worshipped Yahweh, and I praised Yahweh and God and the God of my master Abraham, who led me on the right way to take the daughter of the brother of my master for his son. So now if you're going to deal loyally and truly with my master, tell me. And if not, tell me, so that I may return to the right or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, the matter has gone out from Yahweh. We are not able to speak bad or good to you. Here is Rebekah before, before you. Take her and go. Let her be a wife for the son of your master, as Yahweh has spoken. And it happened that when the servant of Abraham heard their words, he bowed down to the ground to Yahweh. And the servant brought out silver jewelry and gold jewelry and garments, and he gave them to Rebekah. 
and he gave precious gifts to her brother and to her mother. And he and the men who were with him ate and drank. And they spent the night, and they got up in the morning, and, they, and he said, Let me go to my master. And her brother and her mother said, Let the girl remain with us ten days or so. After that she may go. And he said to them, Do not delay me. Now Yahweh has made my journey successful. Let me go. I must go to my master. And they said, Let us call the girl and ask her opinion. And they called Rebecca and said to her, Will you go with this man? She said, I will go. And they sent away Rebecca, their sister, and her nurse, and the servant of Abraham and his men. And they blessed Rebecca and said to her, You are our sister. May you become countless thousands, and may your offspring take possession of the gate of his enemies. And Rebekah and her, and her maidservants arose, and they mounted the camels and followed. And the servant took Rebekah and left. Now Isaac was coming from the direction of Beer Lahai Roy, and he was living in the land of the Negev. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field early in the evening. He lifted up his eyes. He saw, behold, camels were coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes and saw Isaac, and she got down from the camel. She said to the servant, Who's this man walking around in the field to meet us? And the servant said, That is my master. And she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done, and Isaac brought her to the tent of Sarah his mother. And he took Rebekah, and she became his wife. And Isaac loved her and was comforted after the death of his mother. Go, Rebekah. I kind of love that they let her have a decision. I know you did. Because, you know. I thought it was Leah and Rebecca. No, that's Rachel. Yeah. And they will. Oh, Rachel, sorry. And they are Laban's daughters who we'll we'll meet. Yes. In the Mm -hmm. future reading here. Um, That's pretty straightforward. Nothing to really dig into. What do you you like about Rebecca? What do I like about Rebecca? She's a beautiful, loyal, it wasn't just kind, her look thoughtful. The thing that woman. we talked about when we first talked about her was that you liked that she was generous mm-hmm. and just jumped up to help. She, I would, I also felt that Rebecca, one of Rebecca's quality was faithfulness and fearlessness. We talked about. Yeah, she was adventurous. She mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I'll go to the 500 miles away, leave everything I know. And never come back. I'm on it. Yeah. I think the that gold and the silver might have been... We had some conversations about that. We did. Yep. There's... Oh, I wonder if there's something in here real quick. I want to jump over here just for a sec. So please forgive me. Um, maybe it's right here. It is... Uh... Okay, first off, the 10 days. Why they wanted to hang on to her for 10 days. It says this may be a colloquialism for a long period of time, perhaps longer than a year. 10 days alone would not be sufficient reason for the servant to protest the imposition. That's interesting. Oh. That's interesting. So, like, when the girls say, can we just play for one more minute? And they actually mean, like, all day long. Until we drop dead. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, for another minute. But I wanted to see, and I don't see it listed here. Is if there was a note on the, um, man, on the jewelry, you know, because it says that I put the ring in her nose. That's kind of bold to do. Um, here it is, verse 22. The Hebrew here is nezem, refers to a nose ring. You see that in Isaiah 3.21, Ezekiel 16.12. 
The gifts Abraham's servant gives to Rebecca reveal Abraham's wealth and help convince her family to allow her to return with him. The the gold ring, um, the nose ring, um, as I understood it, and it's not here in the notes, um, signify uh, marriage. That that was part of the Jewish custom. Okay. We have you know rings on your third finger left hand. Then it was a pier- it was a pierced nose. But he didn't even get permission yet from Rebecca's family. He already slapped it on her, and she was like, "Okay." She didn't even ask if it was gonna hurt. Okay, let's get over to Matthew. Okay. Matthew sixteen. <clears throat> The Pharisees and Sadducees came up and testing Jesus, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. But he answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, there will be a storm today, for the sky is red and threatening. Do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but cannot discern the the signs of the times? An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and a sign will not be given it except the sign of Jonah. And he left them and went away. And the disciples came to the other side of the sea, but they had forgotten to bring any bread. And Jesus said to them, Watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They began to discuss this among themselves, saying, He said that because we did not bring any bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, You men of little faith, why do you discuss among yourselves that you have no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember that the five loaves or the five thousand and how many baskets full you picked up? Of the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many large baskets full you picked up? How is it that you do not understand that I do not speak to you regarding bread? But beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not say to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teachings of the Pharisees and Sadducees. I just love that random twist that Jesus does. It's just funny. So he goes from... Um, and then when the Pharisees said she came to test him and then they did the whole thing about the sky evil and adulterous generation want a sign or you sign a Jonah I just saw the part where he's like beware of the Sadducees <laughs> it's just kind of like this quick little almost random flip but it's not but I feel there might be a little narrative in there we're missing from yeah. the end of 4 to verse 6 Yeah, a little time time jump So I'm going to have Emily read the rest of 16, and then I'll read 17. Okay. So starting at 13. Nice and loud, Em. Okay. Not. you don't need to yell. No, I didn't need to yell. Sorry. I was right next to you. Okay. Um, Peter says that Jesus Christ found. Verse 13. Oh, okay. Sorry. Jesus went to the area of... Caesarea. Caesarea Philippi. Then he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. No mere man showed this to you. My Father in heaven showed it to you. Here's what I tell you. You're Peter. On this rock, I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not be strong enough to destroy it. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What you lock on earth will be locked in heaven. What you unlock on earth will be unlocked in heaven. Then Jesus warned 
his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. From that time on, Je- from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples what would happen to him. He told them he must go to Jerusalem. There he must suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. He must be killed and on the third day rise to life again. Peter took Jesus to one side and said to, and began to scold him. Never, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're staying my way. You do not have in mind the things of God. Instead, you're thinking about human things. Then Jesus spoke to his disciples. He said, If anyone wants to follow me, he must say no to himself. He must pick up his cross and follow me. If he wants to save his life, he will lose it. But if he loses his life for me, he will find it. What good is it if someone gains the whole world but loses his soul? Or what can anyone trade for his soul? The Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory. His angels will come with him, and he will reward everyone in keeping with what they have done. What I'm about to tell you is true. Some who are standing here will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Good job. Why did they call why did Jesus call Peter Satan? So <clears throat> mine says Peter is sharply rebuked for aligning himself with Satan's plan to deter Jesus from fulfilling his mission. Mm-hmm. The harshness of the rebuke stems from Christ's fierce realism about the principal purpose of his coming to earth, which was to die. So he was saying like um, he's you're not acting like Satan. Yeah, yeah. Or you're acting. Um, you're on Satan's side. Yeah. Okay. Right now, not that he really was. Yeah, but he was just like pointing out, like you yeah. need to stop and just trust me. Yeah. Cause you didn't. He say, like, Lord, you're the Christ. Mm-hmm. And then I thought this is kind of a cool thing on the same yeah. verse: a stumbling block or a rock of offense. Perhaps this is a further play on the word rock in verse eighteen. Mm-hmm. Thought that was kind of interesting. That is good. Okay. Um, You're on 17? Yes. Wait a second. Oh, we got to get it out of the way. It's all 8.58. You can make it. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him peter said to jesus lord it is good for us to be here if you wish i can make three tabernacles here one for you one for moses one for elijah while he was still speaking a bright cloud overshadowed them and behold a voice out of the cloud said this is my beloved son from whom i am well with whom i am well pleased listen to him when the disciples heard this they fell face down to the ground and were terrified and jesus came to them and touched them and said get up and do not be afraid And lifting up their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. And his disciples asked him, Why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And he answered and said, Elijah is coming and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah already came, and they did not recognize him but did to him whatever they wished. So also the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he had spoken to them about John the Baptist. 
When they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and very ill, and for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, Because of the littleness of your faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And while they were gathered together in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he'll be raised on the third day. And they were deeply grieved. When they came to Capernaum, those who had collected the two drachma tax came to Peter and said, Did your teacher not pay the two drachma tax? He said, Yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth collect customs or poll tax? From their sons or from strangers? Then Peter said, From strangers. Jesus said to him, Then the sons are exempt. However, so that we do not offend them, go to the sea and throw in a hook, and take the first fish that comes up, and when you open its mouth, you will find a coin. Take that and give it to them for you and me. Alrighty. Anything you want to point out? Um, there was one. I have one. Okay. Um, and it says, when you unbelieving and evil people, Jesus replied, how long do I have to stay with you? Stay with you. How long do I have to put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Was he talking about the people in the city, or was he talking to the demons? About... About what? How long do I have to stay with you? Yeah, you unbelieving and evil. He was he was rebuking the people of the city. We just read in the previous chapter that Capernaum was one of those places that they didn't repent. They just saw all the miracles Jesus did. So Jesus is bringing a word of correction against those people who who are following around but not believing him. Okay. They're almost, in a way, following Jesus for entertainment. Or like using him to heal people? In a manner of speaking. Okay. But I think that verse 20 gets misused a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I think there's there's few things that are more painful than somebody not being healed and then being told it's because they don't have enough faith. Okay. So... Because clearly there are people who love God and are not healed for whatever reason. Sure. Um, and there's some churches that we've talked about together that mm-hmm. we don't need a name right now, but that really say that, like, if you just believe enough, you know, or this special, this person has these special powers to heal. Yeah. But God's the one that heals. Mm-hmm. And he does heal who he chooses to heal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the perfect answer, but I think that um, I think we just need to be careful not to judge people and think that if they don't get healed, that um, they must be sinning or they must not have as much faith as or be as loved as somebody else. Yeah, I think that what I what I was addressing you know, with Emily was not in contradiction to what you said. You know, he was 
he was speaking directly to the people, reprimanding them for lack of faith. And that was key because he said, like I said in the previous chapter, he remembered that word of correction that he threw down, if Tyre and Sidon, Capernaum, because he compared Capernaum to Sodom. Yeah. He said, if the miracles done here were done in Sodom, it'd be standing today. So they didn't believe he was Messiah. And that's really what he was addressing. Not they didn't have faith for healing. They didn't believe he was Messiah. <coughs> and I think that we, if we, we need to remember that in the terms of the context of this message. Mm-hmm. And because that's a big deal. You're going to watch this cat performing all these miracles and not give him your faith that he is the promised one. That's huge. Because I think that's more important than say, well, they didn't have faith for healing. That's, uh, I think that's a different category. Because that just didn't connect with me until this reading. <clears throat> All right. Are we ready for our next one? Or have we got another question, Em? You okay? No, I don't have another question. So wrap it up with... Ecclesiastes 5. 1 through 8. Or 5, 8 through 11. Is that where we're at? 8 through 11, yeah. Um, are you reading that, babe? I got it? Yeah. Really quick, this is the... Oh, man, this might be echoing for today. Brace me. It's about government. My title actually says, Powerful Bureaucrats Exploit the Helpless Poor. Mine just says Hoarded Riches. I, I'm going to try just to read. Okay. Do not be surprised if you see the poor being oppressed with violence... And do not see justice and righteousness in Portland. I mean, in the province. Portland's known for the riots. Just want to point that out. For one official is, is watched by a higher official. And there are even higher officials over them. The produce of the land is exploited by everyone. Even the king profits from the field of the poor. Man, just shaking that a little bit, letting it process. That's that's relevant to today. All right, verse 10. Whoever loves money is not satisfied with money. And whoever loves wealth is not satisfied with profit. This is also vanity. When prosperity increases, those who consume it increase. So its owner gains nothing except to see his wealth before it is spent. Oh, man. We got a lot of wealth pumping around right now. We got a lot of wealthy men. Just, I mean, they said during this COVID epidemic thing of the last two years, more millionaires became billionaires and the billionaires became even wealthier still. And I still can't figure that whole thing out, how that went down, but... It's true that it happened. And it's a big deal. Whoever loves money is not satisfied with money. They need more. It's never enough. They can't stop. It's an addiction. So, All right. here we go. Thank you so much, Sir Solomon, for that wisdom that is relevant in 2022. Babe, that was fun with Emily. She did great. She did great. Thank you, everybody, for reading along with us. And we do hope and pray you're reading along with us or you're being inspired to read grab your kids grab your wife and grab your husband and grab your puppies Basset, hound. 
please read the Word of God together, guys. There's so much false stuff going on in the world. False teachers, false prophets, people anointing themselves with a bucket of chicken oil. I mean, they're just, I made that one up. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's gross, but my point is there's, there's so much false happening and we're warned from the first uh, generation apostles to today. There are false people out there and if you don't know your word, you will easily, easily fall. So at the very least, read the word together. Grab the ones you love and read it with them. And I've just got to say, and God is so good to provide his word to us. So we don't have to be floundering around and not sure. Amen, babe. Yeah, excellent. excellent. Mm -hmm. So let's wrap it up. I'm Mark. I'm a guy. I'm Andrew. I'm a bride. We just got done reading the Bible. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Bless you all.